Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode five of the Purple and Gold Hoops podcast with Adam and Kevin. What's up? And we're going to dive into the Lakers, as we always do tonight, starting with the win against the Denver Nuggets that was in Denver, and the um, Dallas Mavericks beat the Lakers just before that. Yeah, that was a that was that was a terrible loss. Uh-huh. Terrible. So loss. the Lakers went into Denver, who at the time was number two in the West. Um, it's on the road in Denver, altitude always a hard place to play, and the Lakers came away with the win by just a couple points. I believe it was one hundred nine, one hundred four, or something to that extent. One hundred five, ninety six. One hundred five, ninety six. That's pretty good. Win. So nine point win, yeah. It got close for a second. It was close throughout a lot of the game. It's close coming down the stretch, but the Lakers were able to pull it out. And to me, my initial thoughts to it was that I was impressed with the way they did that because I know how hard it is for them to play in Denver, for anybody to play in Denver. I expected a bounce back coming off a loss at home, so I wasn't too shocked that the Lakers won. But yeah. the way they did it with LeBron and AD both having 25 in 37 minutes, and both of them shot 9 for 18. Put it this way. They both had 25. They both shot 9 for 18. They and they played both played 37. 37 minutes. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That, I think that I believe that's like the second or third time this year that they've had basically identical stats. AD had 10 rebounds. LeBron had 9 assists. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> everything is Basically identical. AD one for three from three. LeBron one for four. So the three-point shooting for LeBron dropped a little bit from where it's been at recently the past two or three weeks. But they they look like they are done. They know what they're doing. And they went into a tough environment and got a win. I know. And they went into a tough environment where AD had flu-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. He had his... Uh, had quote, to get unquote. an IV at halftime, yeah. and he had his quote unquote Michael Jordan game. Yeah. So the only person that did look like they had the flu was. Well, I heard the six or seven of the players on the team had the flu. Well, I mean, I I, I believe it. I, yeah. I called out of work on Monday because I was I was I was feeling terrible. Right. I mean, the weather in Southern California went from like seventy to forty overnight. Yeah. It it, it really did something, but it, I was very impressed. You had Dwight Howard off the bench with 13. You had Rondo with 11, 6, and 6. Um, they played really well. And at the same time, they – well, I don't, I'm not going to go as far as say they shut Jokic down. Oh, but he, – he, he seemed like he had the flu. I, mean, I don't – but my thing – the reason – I'll read you a stat line right now and explain myself. So he had 13 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. On 4 of 12 shooting from the field, 0 for 2 from 3-point line in 34 minutes. Now, the reason – that's not a good stat line, but the reason I say I don't know if they really shut him down is just because he hasn't looked good at all this year. Jokic is having a really down year from where he was at last year yeah. and where people thought he was going to be at this year. He has not been looking good. There was – um reports that he came into camp a little overweight. He does look overweight, doesn't he? Yeah. So he looks overweight. This being our first look at Denver, I, I'm not ready to say, like, oh, the Lakers just shut him 
Because okay. I don't know if they shut him down or if it's just something he's doing, you know? Yeah, but think about it this way. He he had he shot four of twelve, right? Mm-hmm. So he had four field goals. He had five turnovers. He has more turnovers than he has shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, there's like nothing else you can say. But he was still somehow a plus. Oh, he was a minus six. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, points. Yeah. And the no. points and the plus minus was right next to each other. So I was about to tell you he was a plus 13. I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that tells me everything. He, Three he steals, a, that's impressive. Minus six and the rest of the stat line. I, 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 I just don't know what's going on with him. So I can't say that. They really shut him down, and I kind of wish he was playing well. So they and then we challenge. see that type of game, and then we know okay, the Lakers did their job. But if you, I mean, even if you just look at the highlights, you yeah, you see Anthony Davis, you see LeBron James, they're just running by him, and he's like trying to, he he looks like he's trying to catch up, like he's trying to catch wind, and I'm like, and I don't understand you, because he played in the uh, FIBA World Cup, not the FIBA, the what what is the World Cup that they have? Not the Olympics, the one that they have every other year. World Championship? Yeah, whatever. He played internationally in the summer mm-hmm. for Serbia or wherever he's from. So I don't I don't understand how he's coming into camp and season out of shape. Or, or I don't know what the issue is with him, but he did not play well. And back to the Lakers side of things, basically everybody on the Lakers played well. LeBron, AD, we just talked about them. Howard had 13. Rondo had 11, 6, 11, 6 and 6. Dwight Howard made a three. <laughs> was that in Denver? Or was that against I Utah? That was, I thought it was against Utah. Was it, was it in Denver? I thought it was against Utah. Spoiler alert. So Dwight Howard made a three at some point this I year. I know. I mean. Yeah, he was 0 for 1 against Denver. I think it was Utah. It was Utah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he made I was still surprised. Point. I was like, I had to bring it up. I mean, yeah. Dwight Howard knocked down the three. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I texted you on that. Yeah. Like, a few years ago, he said, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm starting to shoot threes. I'm gonna start knocking them down. I was like, look, slow slow your roll down, bro. Slow your roll. Yeah. Technically Dwight Howard on the season is fifty percent from three point nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's our best three point shooter. <laughs> Let's just start feeding Dwight Howard the I mean, uh, Yeah, I thought he, I think he shot another one tonight. Oh, I, I must have missed that one. Uh, you know, yeah, I know I had it. to give my son a bath sometime during the game, so I, it must have been during there. If he made one. No, he didn't make it. He didn't make, he didn't it. make it. He missed it. Okay. Kevin had to dig through his notes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Kevin is here, because he takes notes and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just do the eyeball test. But the Denver game, everybody played well. That pushed the Lakers to 18-3. And it was a good game all around. I don't, I don't really have much else to say about right. it. They, they I was happy well. with the win. I was expecting them to be tested. So the fact that they won by nine points, I actually thought it would have been closer. So I, I really mm-hmm. don't have anything to say about it. Um, then I'm glad they won, obviously. And I mean, it was you, a convincing win for me, especially because they haven't really played anybody noticeable yet up until this Denver game. That was the best team they've played all year. Right. They're number two in the West. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else can you ask for? Right. So moving on. I think uh, we covered that enough. Moving on to the Jazz. And if you guys feel like we're going over games and things too quickly and you want more information, you want more dialogue about it, let us know. But we're going to do this for now because we're trying to get the podcast under an hour. So 
moving on to the Jazz, they played the next night back to back in Utah. And that's the game that last week I predicted um, was a loss. I thought they were going to win at Denver, and I thought they were going to lose to Utah and Portland. They beat Utah handedly, 121-96. to And I will, take this game with a, I will take this game with a grain of salt, only because well, I still think the Lakers will beat them, no matter what. But Mike Conley wasn't playing. And if Mike Conley's not playing, then yeah. you just got Donovan Mitchell out there with Gobert, who's Go- not offensively effective at all. At all. And like, you want like, Gobert for the defense, but you don't want any part of He's like Whiteside. He's one of those weird players that, like, you love him for the defense, yeah. but you don't want him touching the ball. And most of the players in the NBA is like, you want him for the offense, but you know they're not going to play a lick of defense. Exactly. So he's kind of the reverse. Yeah. I mean, and Gobert doesn't look like he wants any part of Anthony Davis at all. You think so? No. I've I've always felt like when he plays the upper echelon big minute in the in the NBA, he just he kind of he gets smaller. It looks like he goes from seven foot down to like a six foot dude. Hmm. I didn't so much notice that. Maybe it's just because of my perception of Gobert, and I know that if he wants to shut down any given big man in the NBA, he can. I know he has the talent. He has the ability. He has all the tools to do so so I haven't really noticed that maybe you were watching him closer than I am or was but looking at AD stat line for the night I mean you're kind of right 26 points on 9 for 11 from the field yeah what are you going to do about that 9 from 11 that means I everything I shot went in yeah I was having a good night (laughs) I mean you had 26 points or whatever I just 26 points in 26 minutes you only took 11 shots now, in comparison, LeBron took 21, and he still only made the same nine that Anthony Davis did. So, yeah. I mean, I guess what you're saying holds some weight. I just, to the eye test, I didn't recognize it. But that was an amazing game from the Lakers all around. Yeah, and it's a back-to-back. You know, the Lakers had just played that Tuesday, coming back on that Wednesday. And they beat the Jazz 121-96. I mean, that's a... Both tough environments. Yeah. Utah's just as tough as Denver, minus the altitude. They still had five players in double figures. AD, LeBron, KCP, Kuzma, and Rondo all had double figures. Rondo had 14, nine rebounds, and 12 assists. He was one rebound short of a triple-double. Yeah. And, you know, that's my guy, so let me point this out. A plus 25. You were harping on him for the minus 18. Can he get some love for the plus 25? <laughs> Come on, he played, man. He played a lot better that night. He played a lot better that night. And I'm glad that he he probably took it upon himself to play better, knowing that he played terrible the, the previous few nights. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. There's, I mean, there's I'll take 11, 6, and 6, though. Yeah. I don't think that's terrible, but that I would expect that from Rondo. Yeah. It's not too high on the scoring. It's a little low on the assists, and the rebounding for a point guard, six rebounds is great. But he's always been a great rebounder. I mean, if you can lead that bench, I mean, I, I don't know who can beat the Lakers. I think that's what Vogel is trying to do. He's trying to make Rondo the leader of the bench and the floor general coming off the bench. Because as of recently... He's been having Rondo run the offense and do what Rondo wants to do a lot more. 
and it's been showing. Rondo played really well against Utah. He was playing really well against Portland before he uh, had to come out or whatever, and we'll talk about that. But he was playing really well, and his three-point shooting has been deadly. Uh, I'm not going to go there. Two for three against Utah. He made a bunch against uh, Portland. I believe Rondo is over like 45-50% from three this year. Yeah, I still don't want him shooting it. I I love when he runs the offense. I He's fifty two point eight percent from three this year. Wow. Yeah. So I'm still not going to depend on Rondo to shoot the threes, but if he's making them, I'll take it. But I think the the takeaway is he played well with Kuzma because the the past I think last week he missed Kuzma on a few mm-hmm. on a few easy layups, and this yeah. time. Kuzma was like well, three for five from three, so he was looking for him against Utah. Yeah, yeah, three for five from three before for eleven overall. Yeah. But I mean the entire bench played and well. only two for seven from free throw line. It really seems like we really made our stamp on this game with our bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the, the energy too. Um, we were talking about it before we started recording. The Utah Jazz announcers how. They were just salty because LeBron gave his shoes away to some little kids. And <laughs> Kuz came away. So Kuz had, uh, in that game, he had, wow. I had, this is actually my first time looking at this. Three blocks. Mm. He had, on the play they were talking about, we'll get to that. But for Kuz, he had three blocks for the game, four steals. He forced seven turnovers, essentially. Yeah. But on the play we're talking about, um, and Kuz is not – he is not a defensive guy. No, not, that's I mean. why I'm so shocked right now, and I'm kind of shook, and I don't know where – like, I, I completely lost my mind at thought. But LeBron got pulled out of the fourth quarter fairly early. At some point during the fourth quarter after he got pulled out for the night, he uh, took his shoes off, signed them, and gave them to two young fans, two little kids, gave them each one shoe, and – a couple minutes later, Kuzma got not one but two blocks on the same possession. So he got a block. Dude got the rebound back from the block, tried to go right back up, and Kuzma just stuffed him again. And that sent the ball going the other way on a fast break. LeBron was amped. He jumped off the bench. He was on the court. He was dancing, sliding around. It was weird. But you, there's uh, Utah announcers that didn't like it. Look at him. He's dancing on the court in his socks. This is disrespectful. And this, uh, and at the end of the, when they're done ranting, well, he gave his shoes away to a young fan. <laughs> but you're still they're upset. Just, they're just salty. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Like. I mean, I get the Laker hate. I know I would hate us too if I was a Laker fan. But really, like you're going to crit- – I'm not a LeBron fan at all. But you're criticizing this man for signing some shoes and giving like he made that little those two little kids that's gonna be a memory they carry for the rest of their life. Like they'll be 45, 50 years old, still talking about, well, I remember when LeBron signed his shoes and you know, that's something that they're gonna have for the rest of their life. Yeah. I I think I think they're just salty. I mean, Utah was losing the game. But if you don't like it, don't let them do it. True. Sure. I mean, and I'm going to be honest with you, when I first saw the block, I think I was looking over at my son as as the game was going on. And um, I saw the block, 
I look back, I, I automatically just assumed it was Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was Anthony Davis. And I was, was like, cool. oh, whoa. That- yeah. It was cool. Yeah. You got the light skin, so you saw the light skin. <laughs> you were just like, oh, Anthony, you like, no, what? Uh, <laughs> you saw the light skin playing defense. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was light skin. Look, I'm going to be honest. He was light skin and he was blocking shots. And who else on this team is <laughs> light skin and blocking shots? Javel. All right, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> but we could tell them now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Kuz and AD kind of have a similar hairstyle, you know. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what happened. Kuz got a block, got a second block on the same position. LeBron was amped, and Utah and Insta just didn't like it. But everybody blew him out. Uh, the one shocking stat from the game that I saw was that AD was only a plus three. So he was still positive, but only a plus three. You would have expected him to be probably about plus seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. Yeah. Only I mean, plus three. The difference in the game was the bench. If you look at all the Utah Jazz players, especially their bench, all negatives. All negatives. I think um, Dante Exum's negative 14. Um, Emmanuel he, Moutier, he's been minus six. 16. No, Dante Exum for this game, he was only at minus four. Well, yeah. I'm looking at minus four. You know when Dante Exum first came out? They said he, he might be the closest thing to the Australian Michael Jordan. I don't remember that. I remember oh, the hype about Dante Exum and how um, touted he was. Yeah. But I didn't ever hear that. I remember hearing Andrew Wiggins was a Canadian Michael Jordan. <laughs> so I, they called him Maple Jordan. Yeah, not Air Jordan, Maple Jordan. Yeah, so I remember that. I didn't remember hearing the Dante Exum one, but that's funny because he's been such a bust. He went high in the draft, too. He was like he was, he the was fourth top 10. pick or something. Yeah, he was top 10. Top 10? He was top 5. I know that. I believe he was top 5. He might have been 7 or something, but I think he went 4. Because that was the same year Julius Randle came out, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the fifth pick. Fifth, oof. Yeah, he's coming off the bench. So, you know, they're just waiting for that contract to run out. Yeah. And he's bounced around already, too, because he didn't. Oh, no, he did. He started with the Utah. Utah. Yeah. yeah. Moutier is the one that didn't start. Moutier is the one. Yeah. They said that. What year did Moutier come out? Same year as D'Lo. 16, I want to say it was. Mm. They, I think a lot of people said that. Oh, yeah, Moutier is better than D'Lo. Yeah, because I remember on uh, when I was listening, it was 2015. He was seventh pick by Denver. Um but I remember that draft, and I wanted D-Lo, I'm, as I've talked to you about, I'm a D-Lo fan. So I was pulling for D-Lo, and the three names that were considered, because everybody knew Cat was going one, and yeah. the Lakers were sitting at two. The oh. three names that people were looking at for the Lakers, or the four names, I should say, is D-Lo, Porzingis, Okafor, and Moutier. Mm-hmm. And people were talking about, well, if you want a guard, Go Moutier, Moutier, Moutier. And I remember hearing this on LA radio. Moutier, Moutier, Moutier. I didn't like Moutier because he couldn't shoot. I mean, you how can you be in this this era of the NBA and you can't shoot? And I know some, you know, some guys learn how to shoot over time, but I'm just not a big believer in that. I'm, I'm sorry. There's not a lot of guys who just learn how to shoot in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, but the, at the same time, there is guys who can. Who do? It's all about scores rather than shot makers. It's all about putting having the work ethic and putting in the time. Yeah, because if you really want to learn, you could learn to shoot. True, but how often does it does it actually happen? 
not very often, but how motivated are these guys really? I mean, that's why it, drafting isn't all about talent, potential, athletic. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out what a person's mindset and work set is, like yeah. what their work ethic is, and like it, it goes the talent and potential. Yeah, that's what you look for at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of people out there. I shouldn't say plenty. Like there, everybody can do it because not everybody can do it. But you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. of the prospect, that's where it really comes into figuring out who you're drafting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I really don't have anything else to say about the Jazz game. They won by twenty five points. Yeah. So, so up to this point, I was right. Lakers were going to be two and zero going in. And let's go to Portland. And do, what, what did you call that? I remember what you called it. What did you call it? What, what was I Portland? Said, Lakers consistently struggle to beat Portland mm-hmm. in Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was the so last what, time what the was Lakers, your prediction? I thought we would lose this game. Okay. Kevin was no longer right, people. <laughs> I had to bring him down a little bit. But you do have a point. Um, you and I did text about this as well. And I believe I heard the stat was it's been – since 2015, they won there. I believe it was seven consecutive games there. Yeah. So it, it's been a while. I will we, give you that. And that that was my reasoning for thinking about it, too. And even when they were able to win there, they weren't ever really – there's a few places that are hard for the Lakers over the course of history, and that's Portland and Memphis are the two standouts. Mm-hmm. Boston is tricky. Boston is tricky. But um, normally, I don't care even when the Lakers had Kobe. If they're going Kobe and Shaq for that matter, if they're going to Portland or they're going to Memphis, those are games they very easily could lose. Even though most of the times those teams are so far undermatched, and it doesn't even matter like who's dressing up for Portland. It just seems like we're going to lose. Exactly, like, that's like a black sheet. Yeah, if we, we end up playing Portland there, the and it's like, oh, we're going to Portland. That's a loss. Like, I don't feel too comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but you and I were both very wrong, and I said last week, all I want to see is let. Please put 150 up on somebody. They they damn near gave it to me 136. Yeah. And we'll get to tonight because they damn near gave it to me again tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but they have 136. It was 136 to 113. They beat Portland by 23. So a second 20-point win. Um, I'll read off the numbers real quick. For AD, he had 39 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 12 for 21 shooting, 2 for 6 on 3 in 32 minutes. LeBron had 31, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, 4 for 9 from 3, 11 for 23 from the field in 34 minutes. Coos had 15, and on the Portland side of things, Dame had 29, 8 and 7. CJ and Melo both had 15. I really, really <laughs> thought that Dame was going to go off in this game. He kept on, and you know how I told you, I said, we have trouble as the Lakers with quicker guards on the dribble drive. Too many guys. I mean, it's did. not like he played bad. No, he, oh, he didn't play bad. But, but he, he didn't I, play, He didn't he, have a big game for his, that was about average yes. what he does to everybody. Yeah, because he kept getting got, kept getting by us, and then he would just kick it out to someone else. Right. Like, he was, I, I don't know. Eight if assists, seven rebounds. I was like, don't you? What really him? killed him was two for eight from three. If his, if he would have had his jump shot working that night, oh yeah, he'd have had forty. Yeah, yeah, because he was getting biased. I was, and I've seen him knock down the floater. Yeah, he was, so I know he can do it. But he just kept on kicking it out to the outside for threes, 
Well, their whole offense has changed since they picked up Carmelo. And it's great what Carmelo's been doing. He's averaging 16, 17, 18 points for them. Um, they've since, since they signed him, they've since guaranteed his contract. So it's no longer a non-guaranteed contract. It's all good for Melo. But their offense has really changed to kind of make him the focal point since he signed. I don't know why they're doing that. I think Melo yeah. should come off the bench. Melo needs to come off the bench. I think he will when they get um, – who's the big – Nurkic. When Nurkic mm. comes back, then you're going to see Melo go back to the bench. But for now, they have to because they just wave Powell too. True, true. And Powell is talking about, okay, well then I've been here for a couple of years. I like it. He's just recently married, so he's just acquainted, getting acquainted with his wife and establishing how their life is going to be together. So he's thinking about just retiring and getting hired as an assistant for Portland. Wow. That way he can still stay there, still have a job, still be around the organization, all those types of things. But he's not even really on the team anymore. Yeah, and I, I saw some video on Instagram <laughs> when he was going over how he went to, he was leaving the team. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean... Uh, I mean, Powell is. I love Powell. Yeah, Powell is a great human being. Yeah, he's a great person, and that—that's just how Powell is. He's very genuine. He's very affectionate, and he's an all-around good person. And if you don't like Powell, then I don't know. You got some problems with you. Like, <laughs> you got you got some emotional individual problems. If you don't like, he's the at least from what I know and what I've seen and all his uh, charitable things and. Whenever he goes to Memphis, the first thing he does when they land is go straight over to the children's hospital before he even checks into the hotel or anything like that. So, I mean, if you don't like Powell, you're a different type of person and you – I don't know. But that's the whole thing with that. So they're kind of short on bigs as it is. So I think that's why Carmelo started right now. Mm. And he might even still start when Nurkic comes back because – you know, it, off that broken leg, he has a horrific injury. Yeah, you got to yeah. work him in. He's not going to be right until probably All-Star break next year. Because if he doesn't come back until after the All-Star break this year, he'll have the last 25, 30 games this year to get right. 25 to 30 games next year before the break, 40, whatever it is, to get right. And then we'll see Nurkic back after the All-Star break 2022. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I just feel like... Like, Dane wasn't into the game. I think he was trying too hard. I think he – I don't want to say this because I know what Dane can do, but I think he felt too much pressure to carry everything going against LeBron AD. And like I said, he, it's not like he played bad. 29, 8, and 7. I mean, he had a, a 9-18. Like if his three would have fell, because that's the one thing. He was 2 for 8. So say he would have been 5 for 8. Let's say he would have been 5 for 8. He would have had – at least 40 points. Yeah. Somewhere around 40 yeah. points. And that puts them right back in the game. And it doesn't – it's probably a single-digit loss at that point. I just think he was doing too much. And for lack of a better way of putting it, I think the pressure got to him. Mm. Now, that's not saying I don't think Dane can thrive under pressure because I know he can. Oh, yeah. He's shown it to us before. And I love his game, but I, I think he was trying to do too much. Yeah. Is this also the game where KCP was actually really pushing the pass? Yeah, kicking it out to the corner. So he 
you and I talked about this as well. He what KCP would do is he would dive either from the wing or from one of the corners, cut into the paint, beat his man just off pure speed, and when he got to the paint, LeBron found him for a pass, and KCP would do a little touch pass out to the corner. The first time it was it worked seamlessly. The ball hit KCP's hands. He just tapped it out to uh, Crusoe in the corner. Crusoe made three. The second time, Portland was kind of ready for it. It was the next possession, too. Portland was kind of ready for it. KCP caught it, realized that that touch pass wasn't open, so he actually caught it, took a couple dribbles in the post, and just kicked it into the corner. I think uh, it hit Danny Kuzma. Green for that. Oh, Danny Green, Green, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love that because we have been talking about other people getting involved in the offense. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, for so long, it's just been AD, LeBron, AD, LeBron. And sometimes it's been AD, or sorry, LeBron to AD on on a pick and roll. Yeah. But this really got everybody involved in the offense. Especially because the ball moves quicker than men. And on those touch passes, oh. once they're already out of position trying to late. recover. It's too late. Yeah, that, that Crusoe three, it, he didn't have anybody probably within seven feet of him. Huh. He was just white. He could have had a drink, coffee, read the newspaper, everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the one ran for Dan Green was the same concept, but Utah kind of adjusted just a little bit. But KCP just took two dribbles, and that's when the help came in. Boom, threw it back out. It was beautiful. Right to that, it was the same play minus two dribbles. Yeah, and I feel like this Laker team is really starting to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about it before. You're saying, like, Oh, I got I got no problems with it, and I'm like, I'm sitting over here thinking, okay, this is way too good to be true because we're not even at All Star break and we're just running through teams. I don't have a problem with them running through teams because I do want to see the load management. What I do have a problem with is how they're in such close games because up until this road trip, a lot of these games have been close, and that's where my problem comes in. I'll take the wins. I'm not worried that they're winning. They're winning. That's great. I want to see a Mark and W column every night. My issue is that it's too close with teams that are subpar. Mm. Well, I mean, we had playoff team after playoff team after playoff team. That's right. Yes. And I felt like we beat the playoff teams way better than we – we played way better against the playoff teams than we've been playing the other, the other teams. And I told you, I feel like they've been bored. They're bored because we're not playing good teams. I mean, you're getting up you for you can't you can't carry that mentality, man. Yeah. You can't. I mean, look, I I, I get it. Because what what if they drop some of these easy games because they're bored, right? And then when they do get up, they're not guaranteed a win. So if they do get up for say Milwaukee, what we got Milwaukee coming up? Say they get up for Milwaukee and lose, but you've also been losing to these poor teams. It could be a totally different story. Yeah. Well, Milwaukee's a whole nother beast. Well, Antetokounmpo is a whole nother beast. Everybody, <laughs> everybody else on that team, uh, I'm, I'm, I think we're pretty good. I'm, I'm, I got something off the wall to say about that, but I'm going to save that until the, next week. If you saw what he did to the Clippers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to save it for next week. I'm going to save like, it for next week. Everybody, woo. if you want to hear my crazy, outrageous comment that I'm going to make, listen to episode six. Because um, when we play, I, I got some thoughts about that. And I'm probably going to be in the minority. I 
I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. No. I'm waiting to hear it. Kevin doesn't even know. This is the first season. Yeah, I know. I'm like, um, <laughs> but I'm probably going to be in the minority. But he had himself a happy birthday. Trust oh, me. Giannis has been balling out. Uh, he is the truth. They, 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 you know, there's, there's funny. On, um, on Twitter, they had a photo when he made it. You know, he was uh, diving in for all these dunks against the Clippers. So they have a photo of Paul George looking at him with his mouth just wide open like, oh, my God. No, what the are you doing? Yes, and in the background, at the near the three point line, Kawhi Leonard's looking at him like he got his mouth open. I wish I could do that. <laughs> it's like focus star player just watching this man handle y'all. And they lost by twenty plus or something. Ooh. I know they were down by damn near thirty or forty. You yes, they were down by almost forty at yeah, third quarter. So I don't know what they actually lost by, but I'd venture to say it was at least twenty. I'm sorry. In the '80s and '90s, if you were if if you were beating somebody up that bad, you'd have to do a Charles Barkley. You have in the '80s or not, Kevin? Can I talk to you? You real have quick? to send the message, can, bro. Can I can I talk to you real quick? I I love '80s style basketball. I wish I was born in the '80s. I just missed it barely. I'm a '91, so I'm a '90s baby. I just I love the intensity in the. Um, physicalness of the game in the '80s. So I agree with everything you're saying. Bro, it's not, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we gotta let it go. We gotta move. This is where we're at now. We'd have to fight. We'd have to fight. You can't put up forty on me. You can't be up forty on me, and I'm just it's watching you dunk 80s, on me. Kevin. He was dunking all over. He was dunking on everybody. I, I not I everybody. Wish that- everybody. <laughs> the E R R. I wish it was like the '80s where they could just like. Give him hard. Give him that uh, Kurt Rambis or that Bill and Beer. <laughs> yes, you know, like I, I know, I know. Uh, yes, you ain't gonna or be doing this to me. Even if you want to do more modern, that uh, uh, early two thousand series with the Lakers and Kobe, or with the Lakers and Suns, where Raja just clothesline Kobe. Oh. Oh. I mean, that was eighty style ball. Yeah. Like that was an eighty style play, and that was probably the last time we ever saw it. So I wish it would come back, but that's not where we're at. You know these kids growing up nowadays are soft. Yeah. Everybody just wants to hug and have kumbaya and be best friends. And we played AAU and oh, God. let's team up. and Yeah. But we're old men, bro. <laughs> <laughs> not not necessarily old men, but we have the old man mentality. mentality yeah, yeah. We're, we're stuck in what we grew up with, you know? But it was... I don't even know where we were at. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the Blazers. And I mean, all three of those road games were, they seemed fairly easy. That's the part. That part. That part. They shouldn't have seemed easy. And the fact that they did seem easy, I'm going to let you guys know now. I know I've been hard on the Lakers, and I've while they've been winning, I've been nitpicking and all this, that, and the other. I told Kevin that once they came back from this road trip 3-0, I'm a believer now. I believe in what this team is going to do and can do because now you're showing me against the upper echelon. And Portland is not a great team, but that's still a bad place for the Lakers to play. And you went in there and you blew them out. You went into Utah on the second night of a back-to-back. You blew them out. You gave. You went into Denver and you beat them by nine, but they're the second best team in the conference, according to record. I don't think they are. I think it's the Clippers. 
But according to their record, you, know you went in there, you gave them business. I, I think that number two seed is going to be up and down. Because neither, neither the Blazers nor the Jazz or the Clippers seem like they're ready to hang on to that number two spot. And I, I take that away from when, you know, when they when Milwaukee played the Clippers, you had Paul George and you had Kawhi Leonard. And they, they got blown out. So I'm not sure who's ready for that number two seed, but I know the Lakers are ready to beat everybody. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. We said the offense is flowing. Whether we're in a half-court set, whether we're playing full court, whether we're playing a turnover game and just kicking it up the, kicking up the court, the Lakers are scoring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I I have a hard time complaining about anything. I mean, hell, they put up one thirty six. <laughs> oh my god! I I've made this statement last week. I just want to see him put up one fifty against someone. We were close tonight. We were close against Portland. <laughs> <laughs> we got closer tonight, and we're going to talk about tonight. And they, you know what? Yes, yes, because I think the Lakers could have hit one fifty tonight. If someone was in the foul trouble. Yeah. So you ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Enough with Portland. I'll let you take away the Wolves. You go ahead and shine with your notes. <laughs> so, you know, Lakers played the Wolves tonight. You know, on, on the Wolves, you have Carl Anthony Towns. You have Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Andrew Rajon Wiggins Wig- balled out tonight. Andrew Wiggins played well. That. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you know what? Okay. I wrote a note. I said, who sets the tone defensively for the Timberwolves? Nobody. They don't have a defensive player. And that's ex- that's exactly my point. Yeah. That's why they got in an argument um, what, a that, few years that's back. That's exactly why Jimmy Butler won the out. Yes. Because he felt he called them soft. He called them soft. So he called soft. Williams and Towns soft and said they didn't have the mentality. They, I, it, it blows my mind because I, I think that Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns is – on the offensive end of the court, he can do almost anything. He was setting up people with back cuts. He was scoring. He, he can shoot the three. I think he shoots the three too much. He make he he makes the third most threes per game in the NBA. That's ridiculous. I mean, makes the third most. Yeah. Still, I mean, he shoots about seven a game. Tonight he shot eight. He was one for seven. And if you've never seen Carl Anthony Towns, he's six eleven. He's got a back to the basket game. He can shoot from the outside. He can pass the ball. Mm-hmm. He was he would he was dribble driving on some of our big men and setting up three point shooters, which is kind of rare for a big man. You really expect that from a guard. But on the defensive end, when Anthony Davis was just dunking on everybody, he was just sitting there watching the show. And I was like, you know, I expected I actually expected LeBron James to have the, the big game tonight. Because I said, oh, okay, you know, LeBron James is the mismatch. I mean LeBron had a monster game too, his soldier shot. Let let me give you some insight. The score was 142 to 145. Lakers won. Um, the reason why Kevin is saying that LeBron wasn't the one with the quote-unquote big game is because AD had 50 points. 5-0. 50. 50. 50. Okay. That's a monster game. If you take that away, LeBron had 32 and 13. Any other night, LeBron would have been the talk. Yeah. But not tonight because AD put up 50 with seven rebounds and six assists. Yeah. LeBron James got in early foul trouble. Mm -hmm. It seemed like the Lakers were having too much. Four steals, one block for AD as well. And I put this in here just because I knew 
you know, it would, it would bother you a little bit. But God, what you got? LeBron James was, you know, in, early in the game, LeBron James was throwing outlet passes mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah. I mean. I hit you up and I said I love the way they were playing. Yeah. It seemed like Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook back at UCLA. I mean, just outlet passes were going for dunks. And a lot of those outlet passes ended up in Anthony Davis' hand, which I felt like Carl Anthony Towns had none. He had no answers. He would, it just seemed like he was just chasing them. And I was like, bro, man up. Like, get there. I mean, I was hoping, I don't know. I'm hoping that someone will kind of challenge AD so then he'll play harder. But he's playing harder than everybody on the court, no matter what. So that's just his mindset. Yeah. But can can I can I make a statement real quick off topic before I move on? Sure. Can we just agree no more UCLA talk? <laughs> <laughs> no more. Not 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 Man, why we do you this. Had his, look, <laughs> Kevin Love to Russell Westbrook was one of the best outlet passes of college basketball. Oh, Kevin Love is one of the best outlet passers of all time. Maybe not the greatest. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm going to just reiterate to everybody again, I don't mess with UCLA. Mm-hmm. It's all Trojans over here. I, that's what I'm about. And I get enough of the UCLA Bruins stuff from my girl, being that she's an alum. So, <laughs> I don't need it from you. <laughs> I appreciate it, but you... That's how you know the chemistry is right. <laughs> um, did you did you watch the play with Anthony Davis when Caruso got stuck? Caruso gets stuck with with Carl Anthony Towns down low, and Anthony Davis up top with the guard. I forget which guard it was, but you know Anthony Davis I think is up it was top. Shabazz Napier. Okay, and he tries to push the ball into Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Davis knocks the ball, saving the day because that's that's an easy dunk. And he was just doing everything. I was like, oh, my God, this man is on a mission. Like, he does not have negative plays. Yeah, I really thought – I think it was Shabazz Napier, um, what you're talking about. But we saw a little bit of that in the Utah game as well, the hustle and the desire and um, mentality to not give up from Anthony Davis because he did the same thing against Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich in the Utah game caught the ball in the corner, ready to take a three, gave AD the little pump fake, sidestep, AD flew by, AD still got the block. So, I mean, after I saw that. You're like, I'm done. I mean, AD jumped, Bogdanovich did the sidestep, AD landed, and as soon as his feet hit the ground, he was right back up off the floor and came from behind to block a three from out of bounds. And after that, I'm just like, oh, it, it, there's basically nothing this guy can't do. And he's only 26. Wow. He The prime for an NBA player is 28 to 32. Mm. So he hasn't even got into his prime yet. That's true. And, sh- you know, shout out to Dwight Howard today. Tonight was his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hearing on the radio that it was last night. And when I was watching the game today, they kept saying today. I'm like, tonight. I don't know what it is. But I didn't care to look it up, but... <laughs> It, on the radio, they were giving him credit for it last night. That's but, true. Whatever. And you know, LeBron James had a had a monster dunk. Mm-hmm. Did you see the the dunk he had on James? Yeah, I he mean, literally as he was he went up with I think he, it was his right hand. He went up and he was kind of drifting away from the rim, so he was like drifting left, and he still bet, and Dang was just kind of looking at him like, "Why me? <laughs> 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 Why 
why why you gotta do that to me? <laughs> like the crazy part is that when he it he it just felt like a vintage LeBron James dunk, and the entire bench was going Don't crazy. Don't you call him old man LeBron? Yeah, this was not an old man LeBron dunk. Okay. This was this was Kevin young man fi- LeBron. Kevin finally giving somebody some credit for something. His head was near the rim again. Okay, he, he, I don't know if he ate his Wheaties this morning, but he he got up today. <laughs> um, and, he was also shooting that three well too, six for eight. You know what? I wrote, I wrote in my notes. I was like, you know, what? every time I see LeBron James not take a a deep three, it goes in. And the very next shot, he missed it, so I crossed it out. <laughs> Six or eight, bro. <laughs> it was like I tried to tell you a week or two ago that LeBron is actually starting to wet that three. Six or eight. Yeah. He had a couple off games. I'll give you that. If you'd have told me when LeBron was a rookie, yo, one day he's going to be shooting six or eight from the Oh, three. no. Never. Never. I so, wouldn't have believed it, but no, I would have yeah. thought if he does that, oh, my God. So. Yeah. The Lakers did kind of struggle throughout the middle of the game because they had guards like Covington. He was, you know, he was knocking down threes left and right. It's kind of annoying. He he's not really that type of player. Like he has these games where it's once every blue moon. Tonight he had sixteen points on three for four from three and four for eight from the field, but he was minus fifteen. Yeah. He did have three steals. Covington? Yeah. Mm, my bad. My bad. Not bad. That's nice, bro. Yeah. Three steals? For Covington. For anybody. Yeah. I mean, if you get one or two, okay, not bad. Three? No. You actually... You were in there. Yeah. Because yeah. think about all the ones he missed. And he had a block, apparently. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that one. That's been one of those little pity patter blocks. Yeah, the score sheet. <laughs> it was like, we got to give it to somebody who. No, I give it to Covington. <laughs> yeah, somebody had to get it. Uh, but he did shoot 5 for 5 from the free throw line, so that was nice for him in the 28 minutes. Yeah. I feel like the most interesting part of the game, because for the game was kind of, it kind of, it kind of seemed like a, a blowout, but the most interesting part of the game was when LeBron James got in foul trouble. So he gets in foul trouble. And Anthony three Davis, in the first half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Came back late in the first half, got, got a fourth. fourth. Which I was I was actually okay with because I've seen Kobe do it before. I've seen Kobe get four four fouls. Yeah, but the way he got it, trying to draw a charge, that you that you was got, a bonus you, call. I bro, didn't agree with that call. I, I agree with it because the seals were up. So you have to be firmly planted and still. If his if he didn't pick his heels up to try to raise that last little inch or whatever to throw off the shot, yeah, I would have gave him the charge. But because he started to get on his tippy toes and raise his heels, you're not firmly planted at that point. You can't make a case that oh, I'm firmly planted. Well, your feet are moving, so you're not. I've seen a lot of players get away with charges even when they're moving their feet. So I don't. I don't. I don't always buy it. I didn't. I, didn't, I, I just don't agree with that call because I feel like he wasn't really moving. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sliding side to no, side. Exactly. Or, but his. He, but did you see how he kind of ele- like onto his tippy toes so his heels? All player, were, you know, all players are kind of like bracing themselves for that that contact. I get. I get it. But if you want to go by the letter of the law, yeah, if we're going to do I it by the letter it. of the law. No one's watching the the NBA. Oh God, no. It's, it, it would be a whistle every inbound play. Exactly. Holding, pushing, shoving. 
free throw contest. But he gets he gets three he gets three quick fouls, and Anthony Davis is on the floor, and I'm I'm watching him at this point because I'm worried that he's going to go back into what he used to be when he was in New Orleans, because sometimes when New Orleans was down, a ball stopper, he would do nothing. He would just be a part of the team. He wouldn't take over. Oh, okay. So you're saying something different. Yeah. I'm like, all right, so when's he going to demand the ball? And the very next play, he demands the ball, scores, and kills the little run that they have. I was, I'm, I was, I'm just so impressed with AD. Now, I got two different things to throw at you real quick. From the Minnesota side of things tonight, does this surprise you? Not a single player scored 20 for them. Look it up, but not yeah. a single player score 20. Yeah, they, okay. they 19, 19, 18, 16. Yeah. Oh, there was a few that were right around there, but nobody had 20. Does this surprise you? Eight players in double figures. Eight. They, I mean. That's a lot. That eight players in double figures. You had Covington was 16, Wiggins 19, Towns 19, Kogi 18, Culver 12, Diop 11, Teague 12, and Napier 13. It makes That's sense. eight players. I mean, it makes sense because, you know, the coach is Ryan Saunders, you know, Flip mm-hmm. Saunders' son. Right. So, you know, he has that, you know, let's let's move the ball around. Let's get everybody involved. But based on time, there should not be eight players with double digits. No. They, they kept on killing. They... The one, the one area, if we did have an issue, was the dribble drive, mm-hmm. as always. That's why drive. Shabazz Napier had 13. Teague had 12 off the bench, and he's hurt. Yeah. He's normally a starter. The only reason he came off the bench is because he's still not even, like, 80%. Yeah, they, they, were, they were killing us on the dribble drive. That's, that, that's the only comment I have. And, and finally, three-point shooters. I mean, I'm glad with the win. I'm a believer now because of what the Lakers did on that three-game road trip. But that I don't like that eight players in double figures. I don't think that's something that's going to happen very often, if ever again this season. But that's the one thing from this game that I'm taking away. I'm like, hmm, that don't really sit right with me. But again, for the second night in a row, why couldn't the Lakers get me by 150? I really thought they were, oh, they were eight points away tonight. They were 16 points away against uh, Portland. Ooh. You know, Y'all AD get me 150 one time. Please. I think AD was nine points away from his his all time high. Yeah, his career high. And I really thought now. he was going to get it. I, I was kind of hoping he would, but I knew that it would require Vogel leaving him on the floor. So I was kind of looking at it with like five minutes left. Like, is like, it really worth it? We're up 20. We still got LeBron and AD out. So I was kind of looking at Vogel. Like, I, I could understand why Vogel left AD because of his age and the milestone there. But I'm like, yo, why is LeBron still on the court? Like, that's the one thing I can't I can't take with Vogel. A lot of people last year with Luke, I hate his rotations. What is he doing? I understand Frank Vogel's rotations this year to the point that when I see somebody get up off the bench and go to the scorer's table, mm-hmm. I know who they're based on who the player coming off the bench oh, is, yeah. who they're going to take out. Yeah. So I understand his rotations. His, his point, rotations are all but about. But I don't understand why he's keeping LeBron and AD on the floor with twenty points, a twenty point lead with 
four minutes left, and then I'm like, okay, I get that Cat is still out there for the other team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, come on. If we don't win by 20 and we win by 10, but LeBron and AD don't have to play the last five, we need to find these minutes here and there. They add up. That's all I'm saying. LeBron literally got his load management tonight because he was in foul trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Until Vogel put him back in for the last few minutes of the fourth. When I saw that. And he played 39 minutes. Bro, LeBron played I, 28. When I saw that LeBron had picked up his fourth foul or third foul with nine minutes left in the third quarter, mm-hmm. he had played about nine minutes at that point. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, cool. <laughs> leave him on the bench for the rest of the half if he comes out and plays the whole second half he's only at 33 minutes but that's when you know that's when the but then he went and he put him I, that's yeah, when they, they went, went on, on 18, run. 18 yeah. before run they got a little lead or whatever but it's still the first half so if I was Vogel I still would have kept Brown on the bench but he put him back in with like four minutes left in the second quarter and I'm like okay it's only four minutes but why, like, why, even if LeBron would have played the whole second half? But, you know, when he came back, he had an immediate impact. Yeah, because he, he, the, turned, the, he turned it around. It was yeah, probably the more so the play. momentum thing. Yeah, the very next play, they ran a pick and roll. Mm-hmm. LeBron James to Everything Anthony Davis. right back to normal, snap back, pop. Uh, yeah, the crowd got back into it. Yeah, but... If you can get LeBron nine minutes and a half, you will be stupid. I don't care if it's for <laughs> trouble. You'll be stupid to ruin that. And what Vogue will do? Wouldn't ruin that. I mean, but LeBron, six for eight from three. I keep trying to tell Kevin, his three is getting nasty. Did you see the snatchback he had on somebody tonight? I forgot who it was. He had a snatchback three. He looked like hard. He was dribbling at the wing, did a little fake, took a dribble, and literally snatched it back behind his back, threw the ball into his left hand, took a dribble, and bop, net. I'm just like, LeBron, if you start doing that, I mean, at this point, you better because your athleticism is true. But if you would have been doing that at 26. Oh, yeah. He might have won a few more rings. <laughs> like, if you'd have had that type of move at, when you were with Miami, granted, he was shooting the three pretty well in Miami, but it was mainly spot It was, it was a lot Take of a couple dribbles and rhythm and just pull up and that type. He did a snatch back, bro. He pulled this man's heart out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and with the three, he's like... I was impressed by six or eight. He's been loading a lot of big men out there to the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And once they're out there, he, he uses the same move every night. And I, you know it's coming. You're like, yep. bro, if you watch tape, you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming. You out there all alone? <laughs> yeah. And there was one uh, possession where they got an offensive rebound or they got a steal off an inbounds pass or something. And uh, I believe it was Crusoe. Got the ball and just immediately kicked it right back out to LeBron on the wing. He took a three from beyond the hash. There was like 22 seconds left on the shot clock, bro. The shot clock had just reset back to 24. He was beyond the hash and was just like, oh, you knocked it down. He's been wetting that three, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, he has. I'll give him that. They've been going in a lot. You looked at me crazy last week. Can you? I mean, you know that? look, I 
I just can't forget who he was. Neither can I, but he's been wedding it lately. Yeah. But did you see THT tonight? In his little two minutes? Yeah, I saw the one shot. He took it looked good. (laughs) The form looked good. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he bricked it. I'm like, why are you on this team? (laughs) We're talking about Jamal Crawford. We're talking about Taylor Horton Tucker and the rookie of the Lakers. And. He had a crossover, and it was a nice crossover. And oh, I, it was look, nice, yeah, from look, about the top of the key. I'm actually know? surprised it was it was so nice because, you know, he has long arms, and most guys with long arms don't have the crossovers. Yeah, when when I saw him come in, I was fine with it. I'm like, okay, I finally get to see what you can do. Yeah. He pulled that little move, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then he missed it, and I'm just like. Yeah, it was a crossover to I mean, it was back. very impressive. Yes, yeah. it was very impressive. I was glad about it, glad to see it. But then I'm like, but you can't convert it. I could have Jamal Crawford do the exact same thing, but make it. <laughs> he also had another opportunity when he was at the um, on the edge of the three point line, and he's got a little wiggle. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe we could use yeah, that. He, he was a uh, not a minus, not a plus. He was a zero. Yeah. For his uh, two minutes, he shot zero for one. Now, did you see? Did, tell me, you saw what, what Dwight Howard did at the at the end of the game? Because at this point, the Lakers are up by like twenty. So Dwight Howard is dribbling the ball, and you know the clock is about to run out. He tries to hand the ball over to Oh yeah, and THC was like, "Nah, guy, I don't want this turnover." (laughs) Well, what people don't understand that shot clock violation is it's not an individual turnover; it's a team turnover. So it really don't matter who got the ball. He didn't want it though. He was like, nah, bro. Hart did the same nah. thing earlier. Josh Hart from our, uh, <laughs> yeah, New Orleans did. did the same thing to Jackson Hayes earlier this year. Where he was like, nope. Here, Tom Potato, take this. <laughs> Jackson Hayes got the ball. I was like, what? The, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what you want? But it's a team turnover. It only it don't go towards your personal. But uh, it's a nice way to kind of just mess with a rookie. Yeah. It, it was nice to see him though. At least, like, who is he? What is he? Because all be I've to ever seen his own and be like, nah, you ain't about to just. Yeah, all I've ever seen from him was on the bench and. And highlights. Yeah. But none of them were NBA highlights, so. Oh, the G League highlights? Yeah. I haven't watched those. Uh, his name isn't big enough for me to follow, so. Mm. Sorry. All right, you got anything else about the Wolves and Lakers? No. Right. No. I, just the disappointment of Carl Anthony Towns. I, I don't. I, I don't know what what's happened with him, but I wish he would play a lot harder than he does. He's got so much talent. That's the issue Butler had with him. He's not the alpha, bro. I don't even know if he's a beta. I don't think. Well, the, I the think problem, he might have to be. The he has is, the talent to be a top two option on a championship team. Exactly. He doesn't have the mindset. No. So I think he's more fit for a third or fourth or a complimentary role, even though he has Oof. the talent to be the guy. Yeah, and that, that hurts because you can't have your top one or two score. But you can't change him mentally. No. You and can't. The, the worst part is that Wiggins doesn't have that mentality. That's or, why Butler wanted it out. Mm-hmm. That's why he went into uh, practice – and literally, it was like, yo, I'm going to take a them. squad of G-leaguers, yeah, and I'm going to cuss <laughs> them out on the floor. And then I'm going to look at the GM and be like, you effing need me. Yeah. Okay. They, they, <laughs> Do you remember they, that last they year? They effing need him right now. Yeah. Did you remember that last yeah, year? Like, I, that, it's a Game of Zones about it. Like, <laughs> for those of you that don't watch Game of Zones, it's an animated short. Each one is about five or six minutes, NBA-related. It's amazing. Check it out. But 
yeah, like, neither, neither one of them have the mental makeup to be the guy. Mm. And I think that's the reason why they can't make the playoffs. Because Wiggins and Townsend never made the playoffs. I don't believe. No, they were going to make the playoffs. They should have with Butler. Yeah, yeah. With Butler. But he but got injured. Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got injured and they just fell off the map. Yeah. So that's enough about the Wolves. That was uh, this week's schedule. The Lakers have been 4 0 since last time Kevin and I talked to you. So there's no more games for us to talk about. Now we're going to transition to the. Um, I guess we'll call this the injury segment of the show because Mm. we always talk about injuries for the team. Um, You want to go with who's coming back first or who's just went out? Avery Bradley coming back. He'll be back soon. I think they just cleared him for for full contact. Word is if everything keeps going as normal because the Lakers don't play until Wednesday, that he should be back for the Orlando game. And that's really – well, I don't expect him to be fully back. It's yeah, going to take yeah. him a couple games to get yeah. back into shape. Or not. But he'll be playing in our yeah. We need someone to stop the dribble drive. Because if there's anything that's that's hurting the Lakers right now, it's a dribble drive. Now, we've been getting away with it because we, I mean, tonight we completely out-rebounded this team. We've been better in the turnovers, better on offense, better in assists. I mean, the, the Lakers are doing anything and everything they want. But... The dribble drive is killing us. So it would be nice to get Avery Bradley back. And Ray John Rondo should be back in a little bit. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't get to Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, you, can't, you, you did say it all. Not kind of. You did say it all. Um, I'm infatuated with, uh, with Bradley brings our defense and It'll be nice to finally see him back. Hopefully, uh, you and I talked about it a little bit. Hopefully, we'll see more of a Bradley and Caruso backcourt. Mm-hmm. Because we both like how Caruso's defense has been. We both know, recognize and know Avery Bradley is the best perimeter defender on the team. So, that's going to be nice. We both recognize the hit that the Lakers have taken since Bradley's been out. So, I'm excited to get him back. Yeah. I, I really don't have anything else much to say about it other than I hope we can see Crusoe and Bradley in the backcourt together at some point with, uh, say, LeBron, AD, and Dwight Howard. Yeah. If, if if there's ever a team that can, like, really outscore us, which I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. well, you know, maybe a team like... No, 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 that wouldn't even work. I was going to say Dallas, but Dallas has more, like, forwards than guards. I mean, Bradley will help a lot on Doncic. He could. And even if... Bradley's there, you throw Bradley one possession, you throw Caruso the next, you throw KCP, you throw Rondo, throw him different looks so he doesn't really get a chance to analyze anything too deeply. Mm-hmm. It's another body, so it makes sense, and it, I think it'll help against Dallas as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited and I'm ready for Avery Bradley to come back. He's been out since November 12th or 13th, I think. I saw tonight he's missed the last 12 games or something like that. It doesn't feel like it because they've been running off wins. But it's it's a welcome sighting. It is. It is. Because um, I'm tired of people running by our guards. Uh, 
Mm. <laughs> like, I'm sick and tired of uh, someone, uh, one uh, a guard running by our guard, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Now they're going to kick it to the three point line, swing it, swing it, swing it. You know why I'm not so tired about it? Because I know they run right into AD. And okay, they <laughs> yes. got to kick it out. They go but kick now it out we got LeBron it. or hopefully Danny Green or something. I mean, then we we close out shooters pretty dog but we fixed yeah and we fixed it a lot recently yes. it was a lot more noticeable at first when Bradley went out but as of late we've kind Vogel and this is where I'm giving him his credit him and his coaching staff they've fixed it a lot lately so it was very noticeable at first it hasn't been so noticeable no it hasn't recently I just don't want to go up to a three point shooting team. Like Denver, right, and have them shoot the lights out of us because we can't stop the dribble drive, right. Well, I think your better example would be Dallas because we were able to figure out Denver. No, I don't see. We but, didn't figure out Dallas, and you made the stat that seventeen threes is fifty one points. So I, yeah, yeah, that was that was that was nuts. That was nuts. I mean, uh, but I don't buy into that as much as you because. Okay, it's 51 points. That's a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. But if you're getting all your points exclusively from three. You can't, you can't win a series like that. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is why Phoenix in the early 2000s always fell. Which is why Harden can't get over the hump in Houston. Have you, okay. I was very surprised that Golden State was able to do it. But that's because they had, <laughs> had two or three of the best all-time shooters and Steph, Clay, and Durant because Durant is a sniper. Oh, yeah. I don't care what nobody oh, say. Best scorer in the NBA. Best scorer in the NBA. Before, Pre-Achilles. I won't go there. Post-Achilles. Okay. Pre-Achilles, okay. Pre-Achilles is Achilles, the best scorer yeah. in the NBA. Some people would like to say Harden, but it's it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Uh, I'm going Harden post-Achilles. But pre-Achilles, I'm still taking Durant. Mm-hmm. I'll take AD. Post Achilles for KD. It's so weird how we're referring to it like post Achilles, like it's like BC and AD and <laughs> I'm sure like come this back man just fine. is Jesus Christ or something. I'm, I'm 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 sure Kevin Durant is going to come back just fine. I'm worried about him. I'm yeah. worried. I'm worried because, like we said about um, Wiggins and Towns, it's his mindset. And it's not that he can't be an alpha on the court because he's shown that he can be alpha on the court. If you consider him the leader of the Golden State teams, he's shown that. I'm more 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 worried with his mindset off the court because we know he has burner accounts. Mm-hmm. We know he engages in pointless Twitter arguments with random eggs. and when, It's the whole off the court thing and I I don't think that Brooklyn thing is gonna work. I don't think him and Kyrie are gonna mesh. I know they're boys; they love each other, they're best friends, whatever. I I don't think it's gonna work. It's n- it's not gonna work substantially, anyways. So yeah, they're gonna make the playoffs. They might get to the second round. They might get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're not gonna sniff a championship. All right. <coughs> you would think I'll, that I want to wait and see. You would I think that the see. talent makes sense. So you would think it would work. Yeah. But the mental makeup of the two, because Kyrie is a lot like KD, yeah. and they're neat, yeah, the, <laughs> that type of thing. Like it, you're, you're just kind of off a little bit. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, or it's a bad thing. 
but I don't think you mentally or emotionally have what it takes to lead a team to a mm. championship. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think I, KD has that, so I don't think they're going to win one. Based on pure talent, they should. Oh, based on yeah, based on but pure talent, they should. They should. If you run take the into East. account the mental part of it and all, I don't think they're going to be able to do so. Yeah. Well, um. So, Ron, moving back from Avery, Rondo recently in I believe it was the Blazers game uh, came up limp and hurt his hamstring and actually took himself out. It wasn't a uh, noticeable thing on the court or anything. It was just something he asked for a sub. He came out. He told the coaching staff what was wrong. He talked to the trainer. He had some tightness in his hamstring. And uh, for precautionary reasons, they kept him out of the rest of the Blazers game and they kept him out of tonight's game against the Timberwolves. But we don't know how long he's going to be out. The good news is, like I said, it's precautionary. So no MRIs came back negative or anything like that. But when you're dealing with the hamstring of a 32, 33, 34-year-old player, that's a big issue. Because the hamstring is either it's going to take a six to eight months to fully heal or you're going to come back early and it's going to linger and one small step one wrong pull of that muscle and it might all tear so we'll take that for what it is and keep our ears posted but i really think that affects the lakers if If he's he's out long term yeah well if he's out long term then we can sign your boy which one crawford yep Hey, <laughs> no, we still need a floor general. Crawford ain't running offense. I love the scoring, but Crawford ain't running offense. Who's running our bench offense? Unless you're giving that task to Caruso, but that's a big task, oh, and I don't know if yeah, Caruso's I don't know ready, if he's ready for, for that. Yeah, yeah, and then it was his left hamstring. I don't know which one it is, but it was thank you for breaking that to me. Yeah, but you know, we'll see what happens. I think I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine too. I, but I think he might need maybe two weeks. Mm. We'll see. So I don't think it's going to be something that hampers us into all-star break or no. May, June. He's going to probably sit, if you ask me right now, and I, I obviously don't know anything, but if you ask me right now, my feel is that he's going to miss a week to two weeks, somewhere in that range. He's going to come back. But it might be an issue that we hear about later in the season as well, where he re-aggravates it or something to that sort, that nature. That's when it would become a problem, because we need him to run that second unit. Well, wasn't the uh, calf issue that he had at the beginning of the season his left leg as well? Yeah. So that's why it's scary to me, because now you're not only two injuries, but both of them are are in your left leg. So. Yeah. I hope that they're not related by any means or anything like that, but that's what I honestly think. He'll be gone for a week or two, and we very well, very well may hear about it in the later in the season coming towards uh, the playoffs. You know, I don't hope for that, but I just think that's the way it may be. And or he sits for three months and lets it fully recover and then comes back 
for the playoffs, you know, but I don't know which situation would be better in that issue because if he sits in that, that why are you even coming back for the playoffs? Like, you just ruin our chemistry. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that definitely is something to look out for. Do you have anything to say about it? Any thoughts? Any thing you want to say about it? I don't want to put any bad juju out there, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. For sure. So we'll move on to our next week's predictions. Are we doing ATL or not? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, let's do the ATL. Okay. Speaking of ATL, I just watched that movie the other day. Can y'all believe it's already uh, 13 years old? Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I was watching that. I saw it on TV. I, <laughs> I had to stop and watch it. Still love that movie to this day. All right. ATL? Yeah. I'm not saying it's a classic, but for me personally, I love it. I, I'm a Ti fan, so. The Ti? Yeah. Who's who else is in that movie? Lauren London. Oh, I mean, Nipsey yeah. Hussle's uh, wife. Rest mm, in peace. Yeah. Well, not her, but he's rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Someone I went to high school with was in that movie. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think it was. I forgot who it was. I went to high school with someone who was in that movie. He had, he had, a, he had a significant role. Jackie, Jackie Long. I think that was his, uh, I think he played Esquire. Yes. Yes. I love that dude. I didn't know he was from Dina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like him a lot, a lot more now. <laughs> but yeah. He was a mirror? Yeah, I didn't know oh. that. I didn't he, know. He, he played on the baseball team, which is funny because that, I think he, when he was playing on the baseball team, he said, he said, hey, hey, Seavers, I'm going to be a, I'm being an actor. And, you know, he was always like a class clown. So I was like, I just looked at him like, man, shut up. <laughs> a few years later, I saw him in a commercial. And I was like, what? <laughs> this dude. <laughs> but wow. he, was one of, he was one of the funniest baseball yeah. players I think I'd ever seen. I mean, he, for his role in that movie, he killed it. Yeah. I, 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 I really job. liked him in that role. Like the uppity black guy who was trying to go Ivy League and everything like that. Yeah. Like, I'm not to say it's a bad thing or anything because that's always a great goal. I don't care what race you are, but yeah. to come from a minority family like that and the background that he portrayed in the, in the movie, movie, coming from the South Side, which is the ghetto in the hood, and, you know, it was a very touching movie, but I couldn't believe when I saw it on TV. I, I actually was like, damn, how old is this movie? So I had to press the info button to mm. see what year it came out. Yeah. Because I knew it was from when I was in high school, so I'm like, how old? I saw it said 2006. I'm like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, it hit me like, oh, oh, this was a movie I grew up on, and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) But we digress. So next week, we got Orlando, Miami, and Atlanta. Orlando is on Wednesday. Um, The Lakers start, that's the first game of a five game road trip. Where they play every other day, essentially. It's a five-game, ten-day road trip. So they play Orlando on Wednesday, Miami on Friday, and Atlanta on Sunday. Indiana on Tuesday, and then Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday, which I believe is December 20th. We're not going to talk about the Indiana and Milwaukee part of that. We'll get to that next week. But we'll go over Orlando and Miami. I personally, I'm gonna go with three and zero. I'm going with three and zero. I'm going. With, I'm going easy. with three and zero. I think the only hard game to pick in that stance is Miami. 
Yeah, I think Miami will give them a scare and very easily could win that game. But based off what I've seen, the Lakers have just been – they've been winning everything. So, I I mean, like I said, after this most recent three-game road stand to Denver, Utah, and Portland, I'm a believer. And Miami's a good team. Like, Dallas is a good team. Orlando's, you know what? Orlando's actually the eighth place East team. Under 500. I get it. They're eighth in the East. They're 11 and 11. Yeah, they're surprising you (laughs) and everything like that. They must have won tonight, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So when I looked, they were 10 and 11. (laughs) But they they better walk over there. They They better walk over there. They should murder Orlando. But they they got some, you know, they have some good players. All right. I mean, they, they got DJ Augustine, they got Alfarico Mignon, they got Mobamba. The only Michael player I'm worried Williams. about over the next three games is Jimmy Butler. True. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, kind, I'm, kind, I'm keeping an eye out for Tyler, or Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn, who are two rookie guards from Miami, because if they go off, then that that's going to be a very hard game. But I fully expect them to go 3-0. I expect them to go undefeated until they play Milwaukee and I I'll let y'all know how I feel about that next week. You know what I'm looking forward to watching? Who? Markel Fultz. That's interesting. Yes. Even if he sucks. Yes. Even if he bombs, I still want to – just the intrigue. Like everything is so mysterious. Like even if he's bad, I still want to see it. Like, yeah. I'm not hoping for the I think the other night he had a 20-point game. Yeah, I've heard he's been playing fairly well this year. Yeah, I think the 76ers, they just – they messed him up. They messed him up bad because when I watched him at UW, mm-hmm. at the University of Washington, he was a baller. He I've heard clearly, his jump shot changed was, a whole lot too between yes. Washington and Philly. Yes, because Lonzo Ball at UCLA was he was he was mm-hmm. a, he was probably the best, if not second best player in the nation. Right. But at the time, Markel Fultz was clearly the best player in the nation. It was clear as day. Mm-hmm. And to watch him go through that whole saga in, in, with the 76ers, I, I couldn't believe it. Right. I was like, wow, you really messed him up. I mean, I'm not going to put all the blame on the Sixers because I think as a man and as a person, Markel Fultz has to accept some of it. But I'm not just going to completely discount what Philly did as well either. Yeah. I recognize both sides have fault, basically. Sure. So, um but yeah, they should go three and zero. Yeah, three and zero. I think Miami is the only game that kind of makes you actually wonder. Um, Miami and Atlanta should be walkovers, especially Atlanta because I have family in Georgia. I've been to Georgia. I've been to Atlanta many times in my life. I love the city. I love everything about it. There's a lot of Laker fans in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we see that every time the Lakers go play Atlanta, and the crowd is almost split. Like, there are a lot of Laker fans everywhere. Yeah, it's like. Atlanta is the East Coast version of L.A. as far as Laker fans go. I'm not saying the city or the weather, but you see almost as many Laker fans in Atlanta as you will see in L.A. Well, I look forward to it. I also look forward to that debut. Me too. You and me both. (laughs) My uh, Atlanta people there going to listen to this are going to be upset because I'm not talking too good about their Hawks again. I'm sorry. (laughs) But uh, I speak the truth here. So we both got them going 3-0. Yeah. Kevin was more right than I was last week. As far as predictions, Kevin's been right a lot this year. So if you guys are betting people, listen to his word and go to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but you got anything else to say? Because I'm not all talked out. Oh, you know what? 
the Lakers have been playing phenomenal. AD has been playing phenomenal. LeBron James, I mean, everyone. Uh, I think people need to start giving a lot of more credit, a lot of credit to Frank Vogel and the Lakers, Lakers, Lakers coaching staff. I think recently, what Rondo said, this is the best coaching staff I've ever. I've ever been around. I've never been as prepared going into any game as I am with this coaching staff. And for those that don't know, Rondo played in Boston under Doc Rivers. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was like, was that Tom a shot? Thibodeau, yeah. I was like, was that a shot? I kind of wondered the same thing too, but it if it wasn't a shot, it's high praise. Yeah. It is very high praise. And I know that was an issue that I had a little bit earlier in the season. It was um, about how they started games because they go into the locker room, they come out for the second half. And they turned it up, and I asked you, was it not being well-prepared or not being prepared enough? And I guess Rondo just gave us the answer blatantly. Maybe you listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't my hit that like and subscribe button? Exactly. Thank you for saying it. But I also think that people need to give a lot of credit to Rapalinka as well. He yeah. put together, yeah, he he put together a really good roster, nine new faces, uh, guys who just jailed together. You can see the Clippers, they're still tra- having trouble trying to gel together. A lot of blue-collar players on this Lakers team, too. Yeah, a lot of hustlers. I mean, you got LeBron and AD, but AD is still a blue-collar player. He's a superstar, but he he works his tail off. Danny Green works his tail off. Avery Bradley works his tail off. Caruso, Kuzma, Rondo, you go right on down the list. Dwight has even been doing it. Oh, and I think it all started when they saw AD and LeBron, the two superstars, with the buy-in that, okay, we're just role players. If the superstars are buying it, we have to buy in. We exactly. don't have an option. Exactly. So there you have it. Lakers going 3-0 from Adam and Kevin for next week. That's both of our predictions. We're going to go ahead and sign off here. This is Adam. This is Kevin. Thank you for listening to the Purple and Gold Hoops podcast, everybody. Um, as Kevin said, leave that like and subscribe button. If you want to leave a comment, that would be very well appreciated as well. And follow the Twitter, PGH1 Podcast, or PGH PGH Podcast 1 on Twitter. Go ahead and check that out, and we both use it. So if you see a tweet with the A at the end of it, that's me saying it. If you see one with the K at the end of it, that's Kevin. And go ahead and feel free to interact with us as much as you would like over the course of the week. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good night. Peace.